All right. All right. We are living through one of the most monumental times in American history, and people are not really seeing it. We need to look at not just the possibility that Biden will be president and will this process play out a certain way. No, there, there has been a massive fraud that has occurred and infiltration by foreign governments into our electoral system in such a way that it is actually seeking to subvert America altogether. That's how big it is. And as we said, I think in our last podcast, this, if it were uh, translated into a physical attack, it would be the equivalent of 100 Pearl Harbors. The fact that we can't see the sinking ships, the burning bodies, the screams, and the destroy uh, the destruction of our infrastructure one way or the other, and all the smoke in the air and such like that, that doesn't mean that destruction is not happening, right? It's, it's, it's there. The problem is that we can't see it. It's just invisible. Imagine, if you will, a, a, a virus, for example, that suddenly dumped on your country and... Uh, Oh, you, that would never happen. I know, it's absurd, but I'm, I just, I'm going to the extremes to illustrate a you point. You mean one that killed 300,000 people? That would never happen. Right, exactly right. And, and they would dump the virus, and you would have to shut down your entire economy, or at least that's the extreme that you would go to. Uh, that's how damaging it would be. Now, I mean, I'm, I'm kidding, and I'm not kidding at the same time, because both of them are invisible enemies, right? So uh, unlike Pearl Harbor... Or even back then, they had videos, or they, not videos, but they, they filmed what was happening in real time. Yeah, newsreel footage. Yeah, and you could show it to theaters and audiences throughout the entire country. Uh, they, they had, but unlike Pearl Harbor, you can't. How, are you, how do you video somebody infiltrating your internet and your electoral process? And cheating that, especially when they don't allow cell phones well, in the voting Georgia, process. Well, they have video of it. That runs into the second issue of what part is the media playing in this assault on us by not showing the boxes of ballots being taken out from underneath tables after the electron monitors are kicked out. Now, water break right. is reported, you know. Other, and otherwise, uh, not... Uh, expecting you to believe with your own eyes what your own eyes are showing you. I mean, it's, it's yeah. very clear. So the ballot boxes in Georgia are just one example. And what they do when they, when they are confronted with somebody, an actual video of somebody putting in the same ballot 10 times in a row, uh, they say, well, that's you know, just one person and that doesn't a, uh, a conspiracy and overturning of an election make. What are you talking about? If, if, if I catch... If I catch somebody, an employee of mine, let's say, stealing even $20 from the corporate till, right, I, I don't assume that that's the only time that he's taken from the corporate till in the, in the five years that I've employed him, let's say. Twitter doesn't slap a warning label on that and go, this incident of corporate, uh, uh, what's, it, uh, what's that term? Embezzlement. Embezzlement yeah. is, dis is disputed. <laughs> and and the, yeah, the yeah. claims are problematic, and it wasn't enough embezzlement to put you out of business, right? Like COVID nineteen did, right? Exactly. Right. So that that is, I mean, obviously, it means that this guy has the reason why I fire him is not only because I can't because that one thing is wrong. It's because I know that 
that his moral compass is missing, and then he's likely to cheat me again. You have to fire this man. It only means it's the, it's the, the time that you caught him. That's it. it. It means that there's plenty of other times that you've uh, that that he's been engaging in this unlawful behavior. Okay, so that's not the point. The point is, we there, there are not going to be many videos of people cheating the system. You, you will not have any videos of the Chinese government, for example, uh, infiltrating our internet and otherwise uh, invading our electoral process and trying to subvert the electoral. Are you kidding? Of course not. There's, it's not going to be there. there we're not going to see the big flames like you saw in Pearl Harbor. Now, especially when they own the media. Disney is literally owned by the Chinese. Right. You know, all the other ones uh, have to do business with China. So do you really think they're going to broadcast 24-7, cut to live videos and, and show you the evidence? Especially when and remember, this has happened already several times. The president is speaking live, and then the NBC or other network anchors break away from the president live and go, we can't let him say that on the air because what he's saying might be problematic. Right. That's exactly right. Look, so it's it's consistent with behavior that we've seen before with the Democrat mindset, right? So we everything is invisible for them. When, you know, we talk about minimum wage, for example, it sounds good, but they don't see, there's no video of people being fired because they're just too expensive, right? There's no video of the manager of the pizza store deciding that he just can't make ends meet and he has to, to either fire somebody or raise the prices of the pizzas and so on, or, or buy cheaper ingredients and make it more uh, less palatable and so on. Uh, th- there's no video showing, uh, when it comes to affirmative action, how you know the, the reverse racism that's going on and how it actually demeans blacks and, and Hispanics and other people like that. Okay, it's, there's no video of uh, how increasing taxes uh, destroys businesses and uh, disincentivizes them from investing in the economy and so on, right? There's no video showing that if you appease a country like Iran, that it will lead to ultimate destruction of Israel and our relationships uh, throughout the world, and of course will demean uh, our strength and diminish our strength uh, throughout the world, right? Those videos don't exist. But, and, and because they don't exist, uh, the left simply doesn't care to, to notice it. They have to have a pearl harbor before they understand that something awful has happened. That's what happened in 9-11. We actually have videos, of course, and many of them, uh, of what happened in 9-11. And you recall how suddenly the country was united. There are many Democrats who became 9-11 Republicans, right? Yeah. but They converted at that moment only because 9-11 was on video. They saw how horrific the uh, radical Islam was and uh, that we had to deal with it. Suddenly, they woke up to it, but before, there were no videos. Right, but you'll remember at 9-11, and I think this makes your point even stronger, it got memory hold six weeks later. Six weeks after September 11th, in the middle of November 2001, suddenly all the videos of the planes hitting the towers disappeared from all the networks, Right. if you remember. That's where the loose change kind of conspiracy videos and uh, theories came up. That's when, uh, because of the videos disappearing, that's when people like Rosie O'Donnell observed brilliantly, in ironic quotes, that steel was never melted by fire. Remember? It was the first time in history that steel melted. Right. (laughs) Listeners, you don't even have to start. We know, we know, okay? (laughs) The point is, you see, the power of video is such that when they control the media and they don't like it, 
they'll memory hold the video when it exists. And a lot of the things you outlined, video does exist of, but it's been memory hold. The doctors out of Bakersfield talking about how, how uh, compromising the immune system by not exposing yourself to germs makes you more susceptible but to C-19 virus. Right. Suddenly that video is gone. Why, you know? Everything disappears and disappears too quickly. And they only believe something if they literally see it with their own eyes. And that's why Pearl Harbor or 9-11 or some other horrific uh, outing like uh, the Holocaust, of course, where we, we did see what was going on there because the Germans were stupid enough to video everything. Okay, so that, that much is real. But when it comes to other uh, situations like, well, I mean, even horrific situations uh, like what we heard happened and no happened in the um, Armenian genocide. There, there are very few pictures of that or videos because, first of all, it was earlier than the Holocaust. They didn't have the capacity to do so. But secondly, the Turks were very good about uh, making sure that nobody videoed anything. Yeah, they, and remember, Romero, we've talked about this, about how uh, this goes back to our episodes in the era between 2013 and 2015 when the videos of the ISIS atrocities were being published by ISIS. Yeah. And... Suddenly, the media, social media companies were taking those videos down. And we made the arguments at the time, despite how horrible those videos are of the beheadings, of the drownings, of the, the uh, immolations, it's important they stay up so people can see two things. Number one, how horrible that really is to, to, for man's inhumanity to man to be committed in such a way. And second of all, so that people don't forget that it actually happened. Yeah, okay, so I, I... And there is an example. I want to move on a dynamic. little... Yeah, no, you're 100% right. I want to move on a little bit because... But the general point is they only believe something or, or are willing to entertain the possibility that something wrong happened as long as it's right there in front of them. And even then, uh, when it comes to this electoral madness that happened just recently in, in November, uh, even then, when they do see it, like the security camera footage in Georgia or that one man who was repeatedly uh, you know, doing the same ballots, they decide that that's the only time that there was fraud instead of interpolating that that probably is just one of hundreds of examples. But the story of the mailman who came all the way from New York to Pennsylvania to, to give 250,000 empty ballots uh, to, in, to Philadelphia in, in the counting room, uh, that, that was not filmed. So therefore, it didn't happen, you see. Right. That's, that's the way, that's their attitude. Now, it, it, it's, it's gotten to the point where I don't think we need to, you know, reestablish our bona fides about why this election was so fraudulent, at least in those battleground states and yeah, probably you beyond. Can tune in from to episodes of this podcast from November yeah. on to now, right. including last week, and you'll have it. That's right. not why we're here. Right. I think, like you said, we're here to discuss what's going to happen on January 6th. And based on what happens, what may happen after. Okay. But, but you hang on. For, so uh, you're right. I mean, we, we, we already know everyone who listens to this show, uh, well, most of the people who are not screaming at this show as, as they're hearing it, they, they know that there has been massive fraud going on. It's, you're quite the fool if you believe that somehow this is the not only a clean election, but the most clean election in history is what they tell you. <laughs> the like, I mean, it's it's that video they'll believe when when uh, that makes Obama's no smidgen of corruption in my administration, especially in Lois Lerner's IRS, seem like the most honest claim ever. Right. I mean okay. that makes that makes Tylenol from 1982 seem safe. Okay, let's let's move on because I've got a very important. A point to make at this point. Look, 
there has been massive fraud. And if you don't see it, then you're a fool because you're certainly not intellectually curious at all. At the very least, you should say, what I, I want to talk to a, a Republican friend of mine or, or an acquaintance for that matter and just hear what this crazy guy has to say without calling him crazy. Let's hear his argument because maybe I'm wrong. There's nothing wrong with saying that, right? I, I as a lawyer, sometimes get a client into this conference room, the, the, conference, the very conference room we're, we're in right now, and uh, they tell me their story. And sometimes it's quite, you know, breathtaking, this story. And, and I, I want to know what the other side has to say. Sometimes I ask the, the, the potential client, what will the other side say? What is their argument? And sometimes I'll even call the opposing counsel, if there is an opposing counsel, and I'll talk to them. What's your, what's your argument here? Because my client says X, Y, and Z. And then they set me straight, right? Because I, I don't have any emotional attachment to it. It's not as if it's a religion to me. I haven't decided to represent this client yet. I want to know, what does the other side say? And sometimes, sometimes... I hear the other side say something that is very reasonable and it's something that the, the potential client has not told me. And I have to turn to them and say, you know, Bob, you forgot to tell me that you didn't sign this contract and therefore you're not entitled to any of the benefits. Yeah, Bob, you forgot to tell me we have no case. But that's the conclusion, yes. right? Uh, or Bob, you forgot. One case I had was a guy, a guy who told me this very... A heart-wrenching story of a fraud. And he, and he really was defrauded. I mean, I was very convinced of it. And after some time and, and talking to them, and, and I said, you know, I really was very thorough about it, uh, except for one point, you'll see in a moment. And I said, uh, Bob, I was just called Bob again. Uh, I, I, uh, I, I got to tell you, I think I can represent you here. This is uh, really tragic what happened to you, and I, I want justice for you. And the man started crying, you know, not whimpering, but just you could see tears in his eyes. And I said, are, are you okay, Bob? And he said, I, I'm sorry, I just, I just wanted, these are tears of joy. I, I said, really? I, I mean, just because I'm saying I'm willing to represent you? Yes. And I said, uh, I'm surprised. Have you talked to anybody else? And he said, you, know, you don't understand, after all these years, Somebody finally believes in my case. And I paused and I said, uh, wait a minute. All these years? <laughs> How many years are we talking about, Bob? How long has it been since this happened? That was the one question I forgot to ask, right? Oops. And he said, it happened in 1992. Now, this meeting happened, uh, this potential client meeting that I had was about five years ago, which would have put it, at uh, more than 20 years, right? <laughs> and I said, oh boy, Bob, I think I know why all these lawyers were telling you that you don't have a case. It's because it's well beyond the statute of limitations, which would have been three years, and uh, any discovery of it must have been happened you know, shortly thereafter at the very least. So even with uh, adding a couple of years later on, you, you're way out of the statute of limitations. And then he started nodding his head you know, anyway, the point is you got to get all the complete information and these people, 
uh, on the left, they don't want to hear your side. Yeah, and I think your point is, in the Bob case and the other Bob case, uh, you know, as <laughs> these examples, you did something that our friends on the other side of the aisle aren't doing. You showed a, li- a smidgen of curiosity. You asked the question, hmm, what else? What more? Is there something here? And that, it's funny. That's actually all we're asking of our yeah. friends on the other side of the aisle. Could you please just show a little curiosity? Right. So we could please tell you a few of our <clears throat> concerns. And since you're not showing us any of your concerns, our conclusion has to be, well, you must not want to see any of the evidence that we know we have. That's because right. my, my wife watches Dateline. You know, she, uh, she calls it, it's a female-oriented murder porn. I watch actual porn. She watches murder porn. That's the difference in the sexes. Okay? But she tells me something from Dateline. She tells me little things that if I were ever murder her or anyone else, how to get away with it. And she says the most important thing is when accused by the police of a murder and you you truly had nothing to do with it, innocent people start asking questions and they show curiosity. Really? Who got killed? Where did you find the body? (laughs) Guilty people act like they know already. Right, yeah. Right? Yeah, you've got nothing on me. Yeah. Uh, Anyway. Don't you want to know, sir, where we find... No, I don't want to know anything. Active meaning I already know where it is because I put it there. Okay, so so, so, when they show no curiosity, it just tells us you're even more guilty than we thought you were already. Well, intellectual curiosity is always the issue. And what we have... Uh, and we've said this before in podcasts uh, years ago, where <clears throat> not one of your conservative friends, not one, has asked, who, who didn't later become a, a converted con- conservative, that is, not one of your lefty slash liberal friends has ever asked you, our dear listener, who is conservative, the following question. Tell me, how, it is, how is it that you became a conservative? No one has asked you that. It's, it's, I, and I know that because not one of my liberal friends has ever asked me that question. And they, and they never asked me that either. No, right? I, I know that. I, 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 because, and the reason why I caveated it only because the, the converted conservatives are the ones who did ask that question. Yes. Right? So, and that's what happened to me because I was a lefty. I would say a liberal. I wouldn't say a lefty. Okay, it's, it's, uh, there's a distinction as we now know. But the point is, I was intellectually curious, and I, there were quite a few conservatives that I respected in business and otherwise. And I said, you know, Bob, we again, again use the name Bob, uh, you know, I really respect your thoughts, and, and I understand you're conservative. And I, I just try to understand why it is that you think the way you do. Can you help me understand? You know, what about X? What about Y? So, and he lays down the basic positions, and I listen, and I thought, well, that does sound reasonable. That's kind of consistent with my general philosophy. Uh, didn't quite want to declare myself a conservative yet, but, but he had good points. And I followed up and followed, what about this? And, and it's, I liked him, and I also I liked his positions. And ultimately, I realized that I was a conservative. So, and that allowed me to open the doors for many other issues. I think my final issue was abortion, and I, I finally understood the evil of abortion um, in, in the long run. So... Uh, I, I guess I was California conservative for a while, um, and then became full conservative otherwise. Okay, the point is there's no intellectual curiosity, and they don't want to know about the electoral college vote process and the fraud. And, and, and what, no one has ever asked you, similar to what we just said, 
None of your lefty slash liberal friends have ever asked you the following question. Why do you think there was fraud in this election? Nobody. They haven't asked that question. Why do you think, Ari or Barack, that there was fraud in the election? Can you please run me down the system? Just show, you know, please. It's not even show me the evidence because that's that's more caustic. It's no, like you. They, 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 they want to believe. They want to believe that you don't have any evidence. So that's that. The question as posed, where they say, you know, show me the evidence. Uh, that's not what they really mean. They they mean that you have no evidence, and they 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 put up the hand, right? Right. Because how are you going to have the evidence? We're just John Q. Citizen here. I'm not Sidney Powell. I'm not Linwood. I'm not Trump. Right. Where, where would I even get it? But but you're saying something so powerful here because you're saying, forget reality. Can you please just tell us your opinion? You see, they never even ask you your opinion. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Look, I want to move on to an, another very important topic, and uh, that topic being what's going to happen on January 6th. What? And January 6th is going to be an incredible day. One way or the other, it's going to be an incredible day, but I am making a prediction now. This election, unless somehow the Supreme Court weighs in in the next six days, which I don't think is going to happen. So right now, it's December 31st, 2020. Uh, I don't think the Supreme Court will weigh in. I think they, they've got it on the docket. They haven't yet rejected the uh, Georgia case, Pennsylvania case, Michigan, Wisconsin, and so on. They haven't rejected the cases yet. They may very well. But they, I don't think they'll weigh in and decide that the electoral college uh, voting was proper or not proper or unconstitutional. They didn't follow their own laws. Uh, that, that the process of changing the, um, uh, the voting systems was unconstitutional. I don't think we're going to get there. I don't think the Supreme Court wants to touch it for the time being, at least. So January 6th is going to be a very important day. And the most important man, one individual in our lives on January 6th is a man named Michael Pence, the Vice President of the United States. Now, you may have heard, Ari, this, uh, that there's a lawsuit now pending, filed by Louis Gohmert and many others, that there should be a, a mandate imposed upon Mike Pence to rule in favor of overturning the election that appears to be for Joe Biden. Now, first of all, I demur to the uh, notion of overturning the election because there has been no... Uh, determined winner yet at this point, and, right? And, and as we've posited for the last eight weeks, honestly, there really hasn't even been an election right. if you look at from our right. standpoint. So, so you, you hear this about this complaint uh, that that Vice President Pence has intimated that he's he's not going to go along with overturning the election, and tough nuggy. Uh, tough nuggy is about this, and so Louis Gomer is filing a lawsuit to force him to do so. Now, hear me out on this, Ari. That lawsuit is complete BS. That lawsuit is a sham. And a sham in a good way. I know that sounds funny, but it's a sham in a good way. It's a fake. It's a diversionary tactic. Let me explain. First of all, there is no way that 
it's, it's not even a Hail Mary. That particular lawsuit is not even a Hail Mary. There's not even a 1% chance. There's not even a 0.1% chance that a court would force Mike Pence to not count the votes of Georgia, Wisconsin, and so on. No, that he has complete unfettered discretion as vice president. A court cannot mandate that. Therefore, it, it's not even a Hail Mary. Okay, you're with me so far. Good. So why are they doing this? To understand why they are doing this, I want you to imagine a world where Mike Pence says, I'm telling you all now, I'm broadcasting now, a week before, two weeks before January 6th, let's say, that I'm not going to be counting the Georgia electoral votes. I'm not going to be counting Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, and so on. I'm just not going to count them. He's not going to telegraph that. What would happen if he did that? The world would be on fire at this point. Mike Pence would be a, 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 de- a dead man walking. They would do everything possible to stop him. The lawsuit would be against him by the lips, and it would be all the talk of the town. So that's why we're seeing what we're seeing. Mike Pence has actually been very quiet on this issue. He's not said one way or the other. There's, it's a fiction that they had this meeting and that he has allegedly refused to go along with, quote-unquote, overturning the election. You with me on this? Okay. In other words, this is a complete diversionary tactic, this lawsuit brought by Louis Gomer. Okay? So that the Democrats are lulled into a false sense of security all the way through January 6th. Got it? Mike Pence. Now, why is Mike Pence going to go our way? This is Brock Leary's theory. Could be wrong. Don't think I am. Mike Pence is a devout Christian. He loves his country. He loves God. He's not afraid of anything. He's one of the men I don't think you can really intimidate in the same way you can intimidate those cannabis workers in um, uh, Wayne County in, in Michigan. And they were intimidated. They were threatened. I don't think you can deal with this man. I'm not saying he's the boldest, bravest man in history. I am saying, however, that he's a man who stands by his principles and his convictions. I think that he really believes that Donald Trump has been a great president and that he's proud to be the vice president to this very good president. That's what I believe. And also you've noticed that there has been very little friction between President Trump and Vice President Pence. Unlike, uh, you know, what, what the, uh, Jeff Sessions, for example, which is, there was tremendous friction there. Unlike so many other parties that he had in his cabinet that he eventually had to let go or otherwise. Not with Vice President Pence. There's, some, there's a lot of good blood between the two of them. I think that Pence knows that there's been their fraud here. I don't think it's hard to convince him. And he's going to go there. And he, remember, he has absolute discretion. You cannot reverse his findings. He can look at the electoral votes and say, I'm not counting not only George. He can decide I'm not going to count Alaska. He can decide I'm not going to count Oregon, Washington, California, for that matter. He can do all of those things. He is the president of the Senate. That's the way it works. There's no appeal from his decision. 
So I could easily see, Ari, that on January 6th, there is going to be a count of the electoral votes, and it will be only with respect to those states that were not the battleground states, which were clearly fraudulent. Now, I would like him to also not count California for that matter, but that's a a dream that I don't think he will uh, pursue. But in the end, what does this mean? It means one of two things. He will either count the Republican electors for those particular states that delivered Republican electors to Washington, uh, in which case... As the alternative electors. Alternative electors, right. In which case... Trump will win by a very substantial landslide, electoral college-wise, or he simply won't count any electors at all, meaning that the count will be, and I forget the numbers, uh, it would be something... Like 250 to 230. Yeah, it was like 230... Below the 270 threshold. Right, 232 to, to 213, something like that. Uh, Trump would win in terms of the majority there. Now, I, I'm not clear whether he's allowed to do that and therefore declare that the winner is Trump because he has more votes. No, if it doesn't hit the electoral call threshold, it'll go to Congress. I know, that's what I'm not clear about. I I think that's correct. But either way, it would go to Congress uh, and it would be a vote per state. And that would be that. Then we would win. Unless, uh, Uh, hold on, hold on. Caveat, and this I think strengthens your argument, unless Pelosi were to pull some crap, which we don't uh, put past her. So meaning this actually strengthens your argument that one way or another, Pence probably will have to just take control of this and make sure Trump hits the threshold so it doesn't get risked. Yeah, that, that might be the best move for him altogether. So look, he would have to make an affirmative finding that not only that there was fraud, but there, there was so much fraud. It, it's one thing to find fraud and say, therefore, it's so questionable. I, we can't determine that Biden was the winner. But we can't determine either party to be the, the winner. In other words, there was no election. That's a safer route for him to do. But for him to go the extra step and say, not only was there fraud, but <clears throat> the evidence is overwhelming that Trump actually won. That's an extra step, isn't it? Right? Yeah. So, and that's the step <clears throat> we both want. It's a step we both want, and and I, I would be happy with them taking. Uh, I don't think there's any appeasing the left because they'll be equally pissed off whether he, you know, decides that there was no election or that there was uh, an election and and Trump won. I, I don't think they'll, they'll be rioting just as violently. It's not as that they they will throw fewer Molotov cocktails. Right, and let's uh, throw <laughs> in the quick caveat, not to interrupt you, but it's worth. Noting, it's not like the lefties are happy with Biden either. So, yes, in some ways, this puts him in a who cares position, yeah. right? Yeah, exactly right. Anyway, so that that is, I want you to see that in this light, and seeing these things in, in that light is very, very important. I, I okay. So Mike Pence, let's let's think about Mike Pence as a man and how he views his role uh, at this point. He's got a fork in the road at this point. And to me, I think the decision is obvious. Um, He would have to be so compromised as a man, as an individual, as a politician, whatever you want, uh, in order for him to go against 
the president and to somehow deliver the results to Biden for the sake of peace or whatever, sake of uh, non-rioting in the streets and all that stuff. I, I just don't buy it. I just don't see it. And you're talking John Roberts level compromise. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. That, that's that's the worst. I mean, let's not go that far. <laughs> uh, yeah, he, he would have to be seriously compromised. Now, think of him now understanding the weight of history on his shoulders. He can decide, an ordinary man would decide as follows. I'm choosing between, you know, my life being threatened uh, and, you know, all this chaos in the streets um, and you know, just kind of going along to get along. And yeah, I believe there was fraud in the election, but what you going to do? I don't see him saying that to himself. I just don't. I see him instead saying, this is a matter of national crisis. We have to do what is right for the country. Not only did Biden not win this election, not only did Trump win by a landslide in this election, even in the popular vote, not only those things, but were Biden to actually become president, it would be the beginning of socialism on steroids with the Green New Deal and all the other open borders and everything that we've talked about and feared as much as possible. And uh, I, I'm not going to be the one, the catalyst, who ushered that era in. Yeah, he's not going to be the guy who throws away America. Right. Permanently. Right. And there is a reason why the president of the Senate, meaning the vice president, has absolute unfettered discretion to make this decision. It has to stop somewhere. Somebody has to make the final decision. As it turns out, it's Mike Pence in this particular election. And... I think as a Christian man, as a God-fearing man, he's going to do the right thing. It is, it is so overwhelmingly clear to me that from his perspective, as a God-fearing man, that he will do what needs to be done in order to, uh, to, to make clear this fraud. It, it's too overwhelming. I, I, don't, I don't believe that he's going to turn a blind eye to this because to do so would be to violate every Christian principle and, and every America-loving principle that he may hold in his heart. Yeah, and, and, and I think this is worth noting, and committing a career suicide. Because the calculus on the establishment, Republican establishment point of view, those who are congratulating Biden on his great victory, would say something along the lines of, well, uh, you know, Pence would be the front runner in 2024 forgetting that there would be a guy named Trump out there too, right? The only chance Pence has as for future promotion to that next seat is if he stays vice president for four more years and then enters the 2024 primary as the sitting vice president. Right. So even from a personal political calculus, which these politicians are so good at doing, it points to that being the clear path of, of right. action for him. Yeah, no, he would. His name would be Mud uh, forever in Republican history, uh, and I think Mud. Uh, you know, he would. He would know. He, he should know that were he to not do the right thing here, uh, he would be held responsible for the complete destruction of America, as we know, because it will never be the same. It means that 
they will be able to argue even your vice president recognized that there was no fraud here. That was the cleanest election in history. Yeah. And, 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 no, hold, hold, hold yeah. on. Right. So, so, so even then, and I don't think he's willing to do that. The, the, the history that will be weighing on him forever he can't do that. This this will echo for centuries to come if he were to do this. If he were if he were to do the right thing, by contrast, he'll be the one that will look back in history and say, "This was a pivotal moment in history, and he saved the republic." That's what he can say to himself, and that's what he is, in fact, doing. If he goes our way and does not count, either does not count. I'm I'm okay with him not counting uh, any electoral votes. And declaring that there was no election in Georgia, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, right. and so on. I, I'm okay with that. Yeah, as long as he doesn't hand this to the Biden-Harris internationalist, globalist, communist cabal, whatever you want to call them, he's doing his duty. You yeah. know, he's, he's acting as, you know, with, Christians are supposed to always ask that question, WWJD, what would Jesus do? Jesus would not ratify this vote. <laughs> right. Let's just put it that way. Well, yeah. That's what Jesus would do. Look, you, you never acknowledge evil. I mean, sorry, you, you recognize evil, but you never, uh, what do you call it? Um, Handed power on a silver platter. <laughs> okay, yeah. it's fine. You, you're, you never genuflect to evil. You never um, uh, appease evil. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so it would be a form of appeasement, and I, I, I just think he knows he's stronger than that, uh, and I think he will not cave. And that is why that lawsuit was brought about. So that it, it's a it's a fake, but it's and, it's, it's and a head all the fake. Headlines are uh, Pence in meeting rejected Louis Gohmert's uh, plea in a lawsuit. You know, exactly. the, the media is beautifully uh, taking the bait on it. Right. So I agree with you on that. Now there are counter arguments to what you said, which are disturbing uh, that I worry about because it would be intellectually dishonest to say, oh. You know, you made such a good point. I shall put all of my concerns aside. You know? <laughs> and you wouldn't want that either. It's kind of like oh, yeah. the Please tell me. you bring tell me about that. a client. You don't want to advise a client and say, oh, you, it's a winner. Now, don't tell me any of the bad evidence that you might have that undermines your Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, there is evidence out there that I am always concerned about that Pence may be a globalist. Okay. He's not the most conservative in the vein of conservatism that we believe in, the Ted Cruz, uh, uh, you know, Donald Trump version of conservatism. He joined the Trump campaign as the vice presidential choice during that nasty window when Manafort and the Republican establishment was in charge of the Trump campaign. Okay, that's bad. Um, he was the chairman, the, the, the point person on the president's committee on the handling of the virus response. And Fauci and Burks are Pence's guys. And Pence could have fired Fauci and Burks at any time when they started showing they were going off the rails. That's a concern of mine, big time. Um, Pence <clears throat> is part of the McConnell Thune cabal in many ways. You know, so I have my concerns yeah. about him. I agree with you that the preponderance of the evidence, not beyond all reasonable doubt, but the preponderance of the evidence shows at this point that what's going to happen is what you say. And there's one other piece of major evidence, which is the date. The date of that is next Wednesday, based on the recording of this podcast, January 6th, uh, 2021, which will be a day after the Georgia runoffs uh, take place, which will probably be sham elections giving Pence more impetus to 
reverse this madness, which I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, as we've discussed before on this podcast, I don't think those Georgia elections matter a whit because no matter what their result, we still don't have the Senate in a conservative Republican majority that goes past the margin of Romney and Murkowski and Collins. The only advantage we have in that sense is that we would have a Republican-controlled Senate and that we have Mitch McConnell or whoever uh, as the leader of the Senate um, at that point, and he gets to decide which bills are considered and which, are, which ones are not. So that's important. That's uh, very important. important and, including including uh, judicial nominees. Right. And, and of course, he controls committees, and uh, et cetera, et cetera. But as the Republican establishment proved during the Obama years, when they had a control of one or both houses of Congress, it, it didn't ultimately yeah. matter, et cetera. I mean, uh, I believe the Iran deal was, va- was validated as a treaty after Harry Reid was defeated in the Senate. So, you know, that didn't You never matter. know. Okay, so, so, let, let, but so let's not get too is, far afield. But I'm making the yeah, point make it, make actually point. in your favor that if the Georgia Senate races are rife with the kind of fraud that, that the November 3rd election in Georgia was rife with, it gives Pence even a stronger hand to deal from right, in right, that right. position. Okay, so all I'm saying is that um, you can take certain uh, indicia. There's no reason... In addition from the lawsuit, that is. There is no reason for Mike Pence to telegraph what he's going to do on January 6th, especially uh, to the extent that he says, I ain't can- counting those fraudulent Georgia ballots. I ain't counting those uh, Wisconsin ballots, the Pennsylvania ballots, and so on. He, he's not going to say that. Uh, he, was, he would be very stupid to do so for the sake of the country because it would only mobilize the left against him already and try to find ways to trip him up or for that matter, God forbid, uh, to somehow neutralize him before January 6th. Right, by threatening his family or whatever. Uh, and, and, yeah. Hang on, hang on. So, because I, I, I want to move on to the next point. Yeah. Uh, that, is, that is my point. And I, I think, if anything, the smarter, very important thing right now is for uh, the security, Secret Service, to have a massive amount of security around Vice President Pence right now. Uh, he should be viewed as a very uh, desirable target by the left. And this is serious, serious stuff. Um, God forbid that anything should happen to Pence uh, and that somehow he's uh, unable to um, count the votes on January 6th. God forbid. This man is the most important man uh, for America as we speak right now. Yeah, but in a way, they can't touch him because they need a vice president in the seat to, if you will, count the votes. Right. And by and, the way... And lulling him into, and lulling the Democrats into a sense that he will go their way because he's such a putz or whatever it is. But I'm telling you, I'm, I'm 90% confident that, that Pence will do what we talked about today. The only thing I don't know is whether he'll decide to reject the electorals, uh, electoral votes altogether or decide... The, the, take the extra step and say that Trump actually won the election. I, I think there are two different standards, but I'm okay either way. Yeah, but what what the evidence said out there that the preponderance of which shows that the latter that you just described is a higher possibility is the or probability is that the um, the those states did send enough alternative electors, including New Mexico, to give Trump the electoral college lead. Thank God that. Whoever in the um, party or in the legislature of those states saw that as a right. procedure they could do, 
lends credence to the fact that now Pence has that as an option. Okay, so now let's talk about what happens after the fact, okay? Let's say that Pence, one way or the other, uh, ends up uh, voting in such a way that Trump becomes reelected. He's uh, yet again the president. And we peacefully transition from Trump to <laughs> right, Trump. To Trump. Uh, and there is no Biden concession, of course. And, uh, and we say, oh, you've got to accept the results of the election, right? We're the ones saying that now. Uh, and by P.S., there was no overturning of an election because there was no election in the first place. And, and it was the cleanest election of history, as right. you told us. Yes, so exactly what's right. the problem, <laughs> Mink? Right. And, and our Constitution allows for this process. Um, so now uh, there is going to be riots in the streets. And I'm, I'm confident, and I wish I weren't confident, but I'm confident, sadly, that there will be rioting. The question is how much, for how long a period of time, and can we withstand it? The answer is, at least the last part first, yes, we can withstand it. Whatever needs to be done to quell riots, it can be done. It will not last for, for months on end. It'll probably actually last for 20 minutes because Trump will be ready for it, and he will use the Insurrection Act to mobilize the National Guard without having to be invited in by the governors and mayors. And since he's not facing re-election, what does he care? Right. I mean, I, I, and I think, so. I think that's 100% right. He will be ready for it. Um, he's always been ready for everything. And I, I, I'm quite confident that we will be able to withstand this. Now, that, to the extent that, uh, for example, there was a, there's an alleged conversation, and I say alleged because I don't personally believe it myself, that John Roberts uh, had with the other Supreme Court justices to the effect of that he was yelling, saying, I don't want to be responsible for rioting in the streets, you know, by giving the election to Donald Trump. Uh, I, I don't think it happened for a variety of reasons. We talked about this already. But nevertheless, I think people who have no God in their lives, that's the kind of thing that they do worry about. They worry about the slightest bit of kerfuffle. And yeah, th th there's a risk of rioting. Yeah, but that's, that's a, a, um, a danger of your own making, a horrific future of your own making. You guys, you on the left, falsified hundreds of thousands of ballots. You faked this. It was, it's, all, it's all available. We know that, that you, you stopped the counting for the purpose of allowing secret counting. That's what you did. In six states all at once that are all supposed to have, as Obama said, distributed unrelated election systems. Yeah, that doesn't smell like fish to high heavens. Yes. Hillary, close your legs. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Sorry, <laughs> but I did. All right. Oh, boy. Anyway. We're it, trying to keep this a family but, show. But also, let's look at just the, the riot angle on this. You lied about Trayvon for rioting. You lied about big baby Michael Brown going to college for rioting. Okay, you've been lying about rioting. Fentanyl addict who died of an overdose, George Floyd's eight, uh, eight minutes and 46 seconds that was perfectly handled trained police procedure was a lie for rioting. The, the police departments of all the cities then allowed the rioting because they allowed the rioting. Right. So stop with the rioting. The alternative, and this is I think where the chili and cheese on this whole thing is, if Pence fails this, if Biden were to take power or be alleged to take power in this window between the 6th and the 20th, I worry about a real situation, which is 100,000 men with rifles engaging in a civil war revolutionary activity, because that would be unstoppable. Right. And that would be, that would be yeah. really dangerous. Yeah. And, and that feeds right into the cartoonish 
impression that the left has of us as conservatives, that, that we have all these guns and we're all wielding them and ready to take over and such like that. Not that we're, we're that way. I wish we were a little bit tougher in that way. But uh, who knows what's going to happen? I, I, I do think that the stronger, you know, the backbone party is the Republican Party still. We need to have more backbone at the end of the day. But this, uh, this election cannot stand. And people do not realize, this is where I'm going to wrap up, Ari. Uh, people do not understand how pivotal a moment in history that January 6, 2021 is going to be. This is it, my friends. The rubber is meeting the road. Do we stand for our republic or do we not? Do we believe that God is in charge of our country? Do we believe in the rule of law? Do we believe in the sanctity of the vote? If we believe in all those things, then Pence will do what he has to do. If we don't believe in these things, then we deserve to lose our republic. That's the way I look at it. And God willing, and God is in charge, God willing, God still loves this great country of America. God save America indeed. I'm Brock Lurie. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you next week.